Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Welcome to the RTGA podcast. I'm Rory O'Neill and I'm sitting in for Mikey today. I think Mikey's taken the day off uh, appropriately the day after Wexford uh, had a bad day at the office. So he picked a good one. Good to be joined by uh, Michael Foley from the Sunday Times and Eamon Fitzmaurus, uh, former Kerry manager and now working on the RT Sunday game and looking forward to the season ahead. How are we doing, guys? All good, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I suppose the best one to start, like, I mean, look, there's only one place to start, really. And I think Joanne mentioned it as well last night, which was, a, I think she was spot on. Even though Dublin, Dublin's relegation was the story, Monaghan nearly became the story just for the sheer resilience to once again save themselves. Would that be fair, Eamon? It would, and I have to put my hand up, Rory, and say, you know, on Saturday, I expected Dublin to go up and get the job done and... I expected a tight game, all right, and Monaghan are always hard to beat up there, but sometimes I think Clonus can actually play against them when they're bringing one of the the bigger teams. We have a good record in Clonus, but in the likes of Inneskeen and uh, other venues around the county, they deserve massive credit. Um it was almost funny in the end. They nearly did their best to, to lose it or to draw it, which would have sent both of them down. But uh, there was the, the last-minute drama then with the long kick-out and the way it broke around and won it and Jack McCarron kicking the, the, the great free, obviously. Uh, but they do. They deserve absolute massive credit, particularly when you take their performances um, against Kildare and Kerry into, into consideration because... They were well off it in both those games, um, but they still have something deep within them that when their backs are to the wall, they can produce unbelievable display of football, great determination, and get the job done and send, send Dublin down. And particularly the way Dublin started, it looked like it was going to take the pattern that we all expected. But um, massive, massive credit to, to Monaghan. I've always been a fan of them coming up against them down the years. They were always a hard nut to crack. Um, very tactically astute always and certainly maximising everything they have so um, huge huge kudos to them and obviously the Dublin being relegated is, is a big story as well What do you think of it Mick? I tell you it's funny you know the, the, the clonest thing that, that Eamon mentioned because they, they played a couple of their couple of home games uh, they had they'd lost them both in the league I don't I'm not sure they were in clonus they're definitely one of them was in Inneskeen but yeah this t- they had a funny sort of a lead in the sense that they could have got something out of their own game, could have got something out of the Armagh game. Um, you know, as Eamon said, the, the Kerry game and, and particularly the Kildare game was very out of out of kilter for them. Um, but they, yeah, I, I don't know, I had a feeling they might, I had a feeling they might do it because they hadn't been beaten by they hadn't Dublin haven't beaten Monaghan in about five years on the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know they wouldn't have been afraid of the certainly wouldn't have been afraid of Dublin this year the way things are panning out either. So, um, but like you know it's just they're a gas crowd like they are a gas crowd. Like I mean you you could see over the last couple of years that the the margins had been reducing and reducing and reducing down to almost nothing in terms of hanging into their in, hanging into Division One. But you know 
I suppose it's reflective, I suppose, of the fine lines of the league that they, ha- they found themselves in that scenario. But with, you know, a bounce of a ball here, a refereeing decision there in the other games, they could have been mid-table, you know. So it, even if they had gone down, you wouldn't have said, apart from particular the Kildare, you wouldn't have said, I just managed under an awful state, you know. Yeah. It, it, it just was the nature of Division One that the margins are so fine sometimes that you find yourself, like Kildare, are very unfortunate. I think so as well. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, we won't go down. I, I, you know, we shouldn't go down. They're kind of hurting the pro. Like, see everybody winning. It's kind of like, look, they went down. They, they just didn't get there, and that's it. But you know, they are. They they were particularly unfortunate. They're again. I don't think any team, any of the top eight. I don't think will come away from the league going well. You know, we're 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 in bother. I I think apart from well, Dublin by their own standards, obviously have issues. But I think that certainly the other seven will find plenty in there um, to say, yeah, yeah, look, we're in, we're in, we're in, we're in a pretty good place overall. And I, I think let's stick with Monaghan just for a, a couple of minutes. I mean, the performance of Jack McCarran obviously is something that's worth uh, marking and noting. Uh, um, and so, I, so, and like Conor McManus didn't start the game yesterday. I think he came on towards the back end. Like McCarran has been on the scene for a while. I mean, I know. He, you know, I think is he 28, 27 or 28, or maybe he's he's certainly in his late 20s. And there's kind of a feeling yesterday was a coming of age performance, probably been 10 years coming of age in this sense, in that, like, you know, no, look, I think the lobbed goal was a thing of beauty, but it, it just I suppose shows is he now the man for Monaghan up front, would you think? Is he taking over that mantle to a certain extent? Is he relieving some of the pressure on McManus? He is, but he has been for some time, Rory. Like he's right. been, he's been a good player for a good few seasons for them. And I think yesterday there was almost an element of when Connor McManus wasn't starting that he really took it upon himself. Um, I don't know if you saw Philly McMahon's piece on Saturday, but I, I, he might have poked the bear a small bit. You know, he, <laughs> he was he he was talking about the way the Jack McCarran didn't. Um, Realised that there was a lot of time left when he got the goal and he was celebrating in a game up there, I think, in 2017 in Dublin. Might have gone on and won it afterwards, but um, he was was really driven yesterday. And he's improving as well. I think he's improved his right foot in particular. Um, He's a very good dummy bounce that he pulls the ball back onto his right side. But in the past, maybe he had to go back onto his left again to be sure of converting it. But kicked a couple of great scores with his right foot yesterday. Obviously, the, the lab goal was a thing of beauty. The penalty, he really stuck at it as well because Michael Steele went the right way. Um, so, yeah, he's playing well. I think he almost enjoys when Conor McManus isn't there, that he likes yeah. taking the responsibility yeah. on. And um, I think <clears throat> Gary Mohan inside beside him as well yeah. is a good... He's a good file and he's a bit of a wrecking ball and he breaks up the play and he takes a bit of minding and he's a bit of a distraction and that allows McCarran to go and uh, go and play a bit as well. And the way the Monaghan play, that they're willing to put the ball inside. They, they were direct enough at times yesterday. They carried it when they had to, but they were willing to put the ball inside and that helps him as well. So, yeah, he's a good player and he's been playing. He played well in the championship game against Armagh as well last summer. Probably maybe the thing that... Um, Seamus McEnany will want from him is to back up those performances now week in, week out into the championship and during the summer not not maybe disappearing for one game and then being as red hot as he was yesterday but uh, he was outstanding yesterday he, he gave a serious performance 
You I mentioned, yeah, sorry, you sorry, sorry, go on, Mick. No, just one small thing. I think the thing with him as well, he's had injuries that have that have bothered him in a big way. And def, absolutely no question or doubt about it. Um, you know, he was he was coming through under Maliki O'Rourke at a time when McManus, well, McManus's peak has gone on a long time now. But, yeah. you know, there was always a question around Monaghan about, well, how do we use him best? And also, what can Jack bring more to his game to get the best out of him. So, you know, again, it goes back to, it might be just as simple as, as Banty turning around and going, look at, you're going to, you've got however many, six, seven, eight years in front of you here if you want with Monaghan being the main man. You know, when, when do you, when, what's your decision on this, you know? And, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just giving him that responsibility and go for it. But yeah, Eamon's quite right, obviously. Like, I mean, look at that. Yesterday was a huge day for him, but it's to drive on now because yep. they need him. It, I mean, that's the other thing about Monaghan. Like, they, the wonderful thing about Monaghan is that th- there's this great resilience in the group. Guys don't tend to walk off, you know. And, and, yeah, and they keep their players for they, like, like they, 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 their turnover is a lot lower than very they low. Get that, yeah, yeah, it's very low. And and like the likes of McCarran will be vital, vital for for Monaghan for him to be hitting his marks. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I was talking to Dick Clerken actually about this last week, and he may I was asking what what is the What's the thing that gets Monaghan over the line over the years? And he said it is that thing that they have that kind of experience on the bench or the lad on the field who might have, the likes of a Darren Hughes he picked as an example. Someone the two Hugheses really, yesterday were outstanding. I, I thought. mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, one, and the Wileys. I mean, it was a real throw. It was a real throwback, actually, wasn't it? To you know, classic Monaghan in many I ways. Mean, like, I mean, those boys on one level, those boys have no reason to be there anymore. I mean, they've done their bit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but they're yeah. sticking in there. They're yeah. sticking in there for all sorts of reasons, but it's terrific for Monaghan to have that, just that bit of experience, that bit of, that bit of knowledge there on the field that let's, we've beaten Dublin before up here, you know, mm. and we're not going to, even though it's a scramble and it's gone a bit mental towards the end, there's still a chance here. Yeah. And that's what's getting them over the line, I think, in the league, at the end of these league campaigns is that, that bit of experience, that that bit of that bit of know-how. And you and mentioned McCarran, sorry, sorry, Roy McCarran deserves huge credit for the, the winning kick as well. Because mm. you know, when the kick was awarded, you'd be saying, Is Began gonna go up for this? Uh Connor McManus was on the field at the time. Is he gonna kick it? Uh, and you know, he he he'd played the bones of 80 minutes at that stage. But uh, you know he stepped up, and, and that was, was not a, that was not an easy kick either, no, Eamon. Like you're no, a good no. way out there, a lot of pressure on. You mentioned as well there, Eamon, earlier on about Gary Mohawk. Sorry, Gary Mohair. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> the the and the, the kind of wrecking ball he is. Though I'd say he's going to become my new favorite player. Like I mean, there's he's just all action, and actually in the lead up to the free, he kind of skittled a few bodies out of the way in breaking that kick out which actually dropped for Monaghan to win that free. And obviously he, the penalty, you know, and his, his ability to get around the field. He's a great find for them, isn't he? He is. And he'll get better because he's one of those fellas. He, his natural thing is that disruptive player. Yeah. And he's the kind of player he's going to hurt you. He, he, he will hurt you unintentionally, but he just, he's so physical mm. and aggressive. Like you're, you're a defender. You're a defender, Eamon. Would you have liked to have seen someone like him coming in? Yeah. <laughs> and for me, he, he'd suit me fine. Yeah. Other, other fellas, uh, maybe not so much. But um, like I that that last kick out you mentioned, Rory, and mm. I, it, I'd be interested to see if it becomes a pattern for for Monaghan as the as the championship goes on. 
like R- Rory Began has that missile in the locker that he can kick long over everything, almost down to the opposing 45, yeah. not quite as far, but almost as far as it. And he's bypassing everything. And even yeah. if you lose it there, big deal. They have yeah, to come exactly. back up. It's yeah. it's not like a kick that's landing in the middle of the field being contested by midfielders that if, if it's broken back in, it can be on your 45 and you're under pressure straight away. But with that kick out, it's not going to midfielder. It was going to uh, Gary Mohan. He was able to break it and be in around the breakdown and drive a couple of bodies out of the way. They won the free then and um, Rory Woods won the free. But that that's a great weapon to have yeah. to, to, to number one have that length of a kick out from your goalkeeper. There aren't, there's a couple, Niall Morgan has it. He obviously for, for the Tyrone goal, goal yesterday, he used it. Sean Patton has it, but not too many more have can have that range. And the beauty of it is that if, if the opposing midfielders cheat off your midfielders, well, you can just hit a midfielder, but if they're marking and they're pulled wide, it's a huge option to go along down the middle and the result of that goal and the likes of the ball inside to, um, to McCarron for his goal as well. It opens it up completely for the opposition, but he did very well for that free at the end, and uh, it was uh, obviously hugely significant. And just one final word on Manning, because I do think they deserve a huge amount of credit, and it's just obviously the way they almost jealously guard. They really respect their Division One status, Mick, don't they? Like, they really value it. They place huge emphasis on it. And I think we saw that with the scenes at the end, would you say? Well, the reality for Monaghan is that they can't... There's no cruising gear for Monaghan, you know? I mean, it's one thing to say, perhaps for a Kerry or for, for maybe Mayo, um, a Dublin in another season, you know, there would be games there where they could sort of... You know, they will mix it up. And to be fair now to Monaghan, I mean, Monaghan have mixed it up and they made, uh, they were, there was enforced changes yesterday and there was changes made yesterday for the game. But by and large, they have to go at it. Like every year, every game, they have to go at it. Because again, as I said, the margins for error are so tight. But they do. I mean, it's, it'll be nine years next year now. So they're the second longest in the division unbroken. It's incredible. Um, so, and it's been absolutely essential in the last decade to, to developing them to the point where they're not just winning us. There, there was a point a few years ago where they weren't just winning us their titles, but people were getting frustrated that they weren't going further, which when you look at it in those, in that context is it's, it's true. It's terrific. But look, it's been said many times before they're the, in terms of just getting the maximum out of themselves, they're the model, model. Um, for football Absolutely. counties. Yeah. I mean, and they pay a reasonable due to hurling, to some degree, I always think that's a major thing. You know, if if you're kind of focusing on one sport ahead of the other, well, then that does give you an advantage. And they do in Monaghan, obviously, focus more so on the football than the hurling. But it's not that hurling is lost in the mix either. So, like they've had, they've always had a good setup in terms of getting club games on running. You know, making sure players get plenty of game time, whether it's club or county. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And look, they've, they, as I say, there's obviously there's a culture there that keeps guys involved and keeps guys wanting to be there most importantly of all you know they're not just hanging around for the top like they want to be there they, they want to be in and around and, and uh, it's paid massive dividends it'll be very interesting to see I mean I don't know I, I'd be interested to see where people would have had them in the pecking order in Ulster uh, before yesterday and where they might sit now yeah. just in terms of you know when you think of their resilience and what they're capable of you know and speaking of pecking orders um, Eamon the reality for Dublin is Division 2 football where they're going to be coming up against the likes 
like Division Two is going to be effectively a, a sort of a mini Leinster Championship next year with Meath, Louth, and um, Kildare all in there as well. But a disappointing end to the league campaign for them. And I like having watched the game again last night. It's the form of some of their big players would actually be quite worrying. No, Eamon, would that be fair? Absolutely, Rory. Yeah, 100%. Um, look, I think when they won the couple of games there, we all felt, well, I certainly felt anyway that they turned the corner. The big the big guns were starting to grind up through the gears and that it was just going to be inevitable that they'd win, stay up, move towards championship, improve, get get the likes of Canuck Callan back, get more game time into James McCarthy and get, get everyone championship ready. But um, yesterday, a lot of their more experienced players and the players that Desi Farrell is going to be relying on. I made the point in my examiner column this morning that he's learned from the league that it's too early for some of his young guns yet, that if they're, if they're going to make it, it's going to take at least another season. So he is going to be going back to, to the old war dogs and he's going to need them to be near the top of their farm at the moment they're not I felt Johnny Cooper struggled yesterday defensively Here, I never saw Kieran Kilkenny so so off off farm he was he, yeah. he, he really struggled to get into the game you know he was he's quite, a big leader for them yeah he was quite, I think Karma Costello's performance probably overshadowed that a bit and that Karma Costello was very prominent in getting on ball inside there Brian Fenton definitely wasn't himself yesterday James McCarthy had made mistakes in possession. His first yellow card came from him passing the ball straight to Manon player, and he reacted and kind of pulled him down and got a yellow card for it. He kicked away a few balls. Mick Fitzsimons looked off it yesterday, and he's played three or four games at this stage. They are all critical players for them. Um, and for, for, for Dublin to be an item in the championship, now I still think they will be. I still think if you're going to win the All-Ireland, you probably have to beat them somewhere along the line. But at the same time, they've, they've a further distance to go than I would have said this time last week. And Mick, would you subscribe to that same notion? Do you think there's a lot more problems to fix than maybe we oh, yeah. might have felt? Oh, yeah. I think, I mean... From about midway through the league... I mean, Sorry, let me rewind on that, actually. Like, as Eamon said, like it looked like... Dublin were suddenly going to come out of the league with momentum, you know, last week. You were, you were thinking, well, they're actually, they could end up winning three games against tricky Ulster opposition, a couple of them on the road. That's, that's as good a league. I mean, if you told them how to start the league, they'd nearly have taken it. The problem for Dublin always was going to be not their starting 15, it's going to be their finishing 15. And that is, that remains the problem. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, like, the thing is, they still have time because the Leinster Championship is the way it is. Kieran okay. Kenny, I, was, I saw their first game. I was up to the O'Burn Cup against Offaly, their first game out this year. And Kieran Kenny made three tackles inside of the first 10 seconds. The ball is thrown in, and Kilkenny was like a dervish going around the place. And you thought, this is him setting the tone, but it hasn't followed through, not just for Kieran, but for a lot of those guys that you'll be looking at. It hasn't followed through. I, I thought, I really like when Mick Fitzsimons, for the goal, he thought he was fouling. He just stopped. You know, I was just. I, I was surprised at that. Um, and look, there are defensive issues structurally. I think there's coaching issues there around that as well as much as personnel issues there. I, I think there's there's a there's a lot of stuff to figure out. But they do have time. They do have time, but they just don't look they don't look 
to be in the same position as we're used to seeing them in at this stage coming into the championship. So that's a bit off-putting for everybody, I think. You mentioned it, Eamon, you know, just a few things that like, even like, I was looking again there, James McCarthy, who, as we know, was sent off. Um, but there was another incident which kind of said to myself, Jesus, does that, does that really sum them up where, I don't know whether he had conceded a free and then was he given lip to the ref and the ref moved the ball in maybe 15, 20 metres? And it was what initially looked like quite a difficult free, now became a much easier one for just a silly lack of discipline, really, in a one-point game. And I'm saying to myself, like, I don't think I've ever seen James McCarthy do anything like that. I, I just think, again, it's the frustration thing, Rory. He's, look, he's such a brilliant player and he has been for so long that if he's not influencing the game the way he wants to, you know, he and he's seeing things around him happening as well, and he's seeing some of his teammates not doing what they usually do. I'd say it's just he's such a winner. It's a frustrating thing. Obviously, when he looked back at it, and I'm sure Desi Farrell probably have a word with him as well, that, you know, he's going to have to tidy that up for the championship. But, um, they have, yeah, they just have a lot of tidying up to do, which... Yeah. As 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 Michael said, they have time, but you know we we felt all along that they would have things tidied up at this stage. I think a big worry for them is is the concession of the goals. Like they conceded eleven goals throughout the league, which is which is huge. Like Dublin went through seasons winning the All Ireland in the league where they conceded no goal. Now they've conceded eleven. Dublin would go through seasons, aiming where Stephen Cluxon mightn't even have to make a save. <laughs> not, yeah. a, not a mic see the goal, you know. So I, I, I think that's going to be, I think that, and then just getting their forward movement a bit better are going to be their two big things. And if they get those right, again, they will be very hard to beat. And you know, for some of the players that haven't been playing well, the, the big players that have all the medals, what'll really get their juices flowing now is number one, this situation being relegated. They're not going to be happy about that and there will be a reaction. And number two, then, when they get to the big knockout championship games from, you know, quarterfinal stage on, that will really get the juices flowing and that, that's the stage that they want to be at. So I wouldn't be writing them off yet, but they're just, you know, once upon a time to beat them, you had to be absolutely at the t- tip top of your game and you needed them a small bit off. I don't think that's true anymore. Like, just, just on that James McCarthy point, I mean... It's so indicative. I mean, go rewind to the All-Ireland semi-final last year yeah. and the last ball going in and James just made it, a, just did something that was so extraordinarily out of, number one, out of character and number two, just, you know, foul the guy for no need to happen. And even at that moment, you were coming away going, my God, you know, um, when you've got a guy of that calibre doing that, what is that saying about yeah, something creaking. Well, he's, well, something's creaking? And now yeah. we see that again. You know, and the goals, the goals are, are huge. I mean, there was a time when Dublin would concede. If they conceded two or three points in a row, there'd be a, there'd be a, I think, was it, was it war was the word? Something they called war. And they just, everybody would just pull back. Retreat. I mean, they would just go into a kind of like, you know, those old sort of uh, Roman defensive systems. So you just had to circle the, the wagons. Around you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that too, but like there was, there was no question of, of another score being conceded, yeah. never mind a goal. So, I mean, that's the distance we've travelled, unfortunately, from their point of view. Yeah. Um, let's move on, guys. To, Eamon, I don't know whether you managed to make it over to Killarney yesterday or whether you managed to see the game on TV. Um, big win for Tyrone, I'd suggest, given the fact that they had to win 
were Kerry slightly off it? I mean, I predicted Kerry wouldn't lose a match all year, so there's my prediction got out the window, by the way. But I'm just wondering how much Kerry were invested in that game yesterday. And I, I would kind of suggest that maybe quite a lot, given it was Tyrone. I mean, the sight of a Tyrone jersey usually is enough in a lot of ways for Kerry. So, like, how much credit would can you can Tyrone take from that win? Oh, they take huge credit, Rory. And I think um, from Kerry's point of view, I think with the team that was picked, they were certainly uh, going to win the game. And look, there possibly is the slight mental relaxation of being in a league final a week later, no matter how much a manager or selectors or players are convincing themselves that they're up for the game. You know, there can be that slight mental slackening, which is natural. Which is, which is natural, and I think that may have been a factor in Killarney yesterday. Tyrone had to win. As it turned out, they would have got away with it anyway, even if they had been beaten based on their head-to-head with Kildare. But um, they, 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 they meant business yesterday. And, you know, there was some of the things that were being mentioned afterwards. Their first win in Killarney since 2003. Um, it's, it's the third time that they've beaten Kerry in the last four games. So that's the kind of stuff that the, the Kerry players won't, won't like having attached it. But they'll move on quickly. There's a huge game next weekend now against Mayo with a league final up for grabs. Um, I think from the Kerry point of view, obviously you want to win the league final anyway, but you certainly don't want to be coming out of the league losing your last two games, having had a very positive league and you know having blooded a few players, having become very solid at the back, um, you know, very set in the way they're playing. Still a couple of question marks. They were highlighted on the show last night, Rory. Things like the kickouts and goalkeepers and a couple of things like that to be started out, the midfield pairing. Uh, but none of that is, you know, is, is, is insurmountable. So I think they'll be very focused on next weekend straight away. But huge credit to Tyrone and uh, massive win for them down there. And, it, you know, I, I think that they showed the confidence of all Ireland champions as well. And from what a couple of weeks ago for them was a very hairy league, suddenly has become very good. They've beaten Mayo, they've beaten Kerry. They're three weeks out from championship. They're starting to go in the right direction. I think their big worry is Cahill McShane's form. He just, he, he, he hasn't got back to the levels he was pre that, that serious ankle injury. He was obviously very effective for them in the championship last year. Uh, coming on as that impact sub, but he's not having that effect as a starter at the moment, and that's something that they'll want to put right. Are you be annoyed at, with yesterday? Do you think, Mick? There'll be disappointments, whatever, just from losing the game. But I said they won't be too pushed about it. I mean, the sense you get from the very beginning of the season is that Jack is picking teams to win every game. He wants to win everything, and that's the mentality that Kerry need to have in the context of the performances over the last few years where they've fallen short. There is, again, if we talk about margins for error, like Kerry don't have a whole pile. They never do have a whole pile of margin for error, but the, it's it's fairly tight this year. So, um, yeah, they'll be disappointed, but um, I think they'll be okay. I mean, from a Tyrone perspective, I, as again, as Emma says, I, I think they're in a good position. I think through this league, there's been a lot of conversation, particularly about Armagh and, and a couple of other teams in Ulster, slightly at the expense of Tyrone, not on purpose, but it's just it's just that's just the way it works out. I you know, and I think that's a dangerous scenario for anybody above an Ulster. Um, the Machin issue is an issue. The one thing about him is that his confidence is bulletproof. Like so, it doesn't ma- it, it does matter that he's not going well to the team, but to Machin himself, he'll know. I mean, I, I remember chatting to him. I was it late last year, and he was saying that in in terms of last year, 
it only came he felt it only came together for him in, in the space of a week before the championship really got going and then of course he didn't quite get into the team but he was happy enough that his former come together so he's that kind of player you know if he had a couple of really good training sessions or i know whatever if they if they manage to squeeze on a challenge mark they probably won't but something will something will click for him and he has that potential um, the one thing for uh, one thing for Toronto, I know what Eamon feels about this. It, it just feels to me like they're going to be coming back with more or less what they had last year, which hey, maybe that's okay. Maybe that's a good thing. Uh, you'd always like to see a little bit extra or so, just a couple of different individuals coming forward just to kind of keep the thing heated up in terms of the panel. Because you know, doing two in a row, you only do two two in a row if you've got serious competition within a panel. I reckon. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm not sure whether that's. That's the case there, but look at that's for that's probably for another day. They're, they'll be they'll be happy out to be there. And Kerry, I can't see anything other than Kerry winning a league final. To be honest with you, I think we're at that point of the league now where you come off the high of last weekend into the complete sort of, you know, it's the only it's the it's like it's the only competition in probably in possibly in sport that the interest in it drops like a stone when you get to the finals, get to the end. Okay, like for Mayo and Galway in particular, next weekend is a real tricky one. For Kerry, it's not. I mean, it's a great. I'm going to say Kerry delighted to be in the league final because they don't. They won't play another Division One team until at least June, until at least the All Ireland quarterfinals. So another game is great. They go out at hammer. I say they go out at hammer in tons because their performances in Crow Park haven't been up to scratch by their standards either in the last couple of years. So they're going to. They'll want a performance in Crow Park. They'll want to beat Mayo, and they'll, and Jack will want silverware. So I can't see anything other. I, I actually think it could be handy enough in the end for them, depending on how Mayo come at it. It's more about what Mayo do. And speaking of Mayo, actually, I mean, the, obviously they had a big win again yesterday, but um, two major blots on the copybook. Uh, Brendan Harrison going off after four minutes, and then apparently in what is a, quite a serious injury, and Jamie O'Connor just on the stroke of half time, you know, with what looks like potentially hamstring. Now they, I mean, they've had a very good league campaign given what happened to them in the All Ireland final last year, and um, and they've made a really good recovery and fleshed out their panel but it's as they're fleshing out their panel and getting more depth with they're losing some big players as well at the same time very unfortunate for them it is they've been very unlucky and that Dermot O'Connor injury in particular is, is a big one and if it is a hamstring injury you know best case scenario I don't know are you talking about three weeks three maybe four yeah. weeks so and you're into the championship game against Galway then which is which is going to be a huge game and it, and it really will kickstart I think the championship nationally, that game uh, coming so soon, it's it's a big game with big significance on the line. Um, I think another thing for them, Rory, is the fact that Killian O'Connor has seen no action. None. You know, yeah. earlier on in the league, um, James Horn mentioned, I think that they were hoping to get him back kind of around round three or round four. We're here now with seven games played and he, he hasn't even been named in his squad yet. So whether he's had a setback or whether they're just wrapping him up in cotton wool, who knows? But you know, even for himself, having been out, he's basically been out for 12 months now and trying to get up to speed and trying to get up to championship speed against players that have have a full league campaign under their belt is going to be challenging for him. Um, so, yeah, they, they have had a very good league and I, I I think they'll be going hammer and tongs as well next weekend, Michael. I think they'll, they'll want to get silverware on the board and win in Crow Park. Uh, with the caveat of obviously Galway being only a couple of weeks down the line, but um, they need to get those injuries right. And look, Brendan Harrison has been so unlucky with injuries the last couple of years. 
he hasn't been a factor for them. But certainly the two O'Connors, yeah. particularly with Tommy Conroy out, they need them back. I don't know. It's it's just it, look, Mayo are Mayo will do as Mayo do. Like they could they could just because they're Mayo just come out and just go for it, and that's grand. My my reservation is that like this is the box that they've ticked already. You know, they I mean they've won a national title in Crow Park against Kerry. Um, it's not like you know, it's not like they're trying to break any sort of a hoodoo or anything like that. They've got they've got a huge amount out of the league, like in terms of number of players they've used, to the injuries there. Like they've come at a, just a terrible time for them, and I mean, I, I don't know, I, I just, I just wonder whether it'll be. I'm sure they'll. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's always hard to know when they're coming into league final what, what the mentality. Would be. My, my, just my sense of it would be that there's, I don't, there's more on the line. If there's anything on the line at all, there's a bit more on the line for Kerry, I think, in this one than Mayo. So well, we'll see. Hopefully, yeah. we'll go again. We start shift down the divisions there now, lads, because we'll wrap up fairly shortly. Um, but, oh, oh, sorry, but before we do, I think it would be remiss not to mention what happened at the end of Armagh Donegal. Uh, Wheelow mentioned last night there'll be a few nervous lads over the next couple of days as the CCC get their hands on that. It looked nasty enough now. I mean, I wouldn't be a shrinking violet, right? But this looked pretty bad, like in you know, as 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 rows go. It did, yeah, it did, and it went on as well, Rory. You know, usually the yeah. those things, there's a kind of it's a flashpoint, and there's a bit of pushing and shoving, and a bit of a jersey or two torn or whatever, and fellas are separated. But it, it kind of every time it was about to calm down, it flared up a bit again. Look, I I think that was because of the championship just being uh, the four weeks down the road, and that they're going to be coming together again, and that there was maybe a marker being put down and the next thing someone else was marking, you know, not taking a backward step, but it didn't look great. And, and, and as Kiran said last night, there will be some um, nervous fellas and there has been, you know, precedent with this where I remember there was a, a scrum and tree a couple of years ago, maybe 2019, maybe at the end yeah. of the league game. And uh, I think Peter Crowley might've been suspended afterwards in one of the dubs as well, that they got a, they got a game. Um, from from that bit of an altercation at the end, so um, but this is a suspension that would be a championship suspension, no? Yeah, and which would know, which would be which would be a bit it'd be disappointing. But look, I suppose if if you're if you're getting involved in those things at the end, um, uh, you're taking a chance. And uh, here, McGinney was kind of standing on the edge of it, and. If I was a Dunley Godfellas anyway, I'd have been steering clear of him or he'd be <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. new moves on you or something. The if, next thing you'd be upside down on your back. But, if, um, if, if anything was going to put you off your presence there would intimidate yeah. you. But, so, yeah. It's not good. Like, and I mean, you know, it's that, what is it? What's that old saying about to commit an error once is, is careless to go twice is whatever. Like, Stupidity. I mean, this, this is Armagh. Like, they were caught in the maelstrom of, of one not a month ago, however, five, six weeks ago with Theron. It's just, you know. I mean, look, we don't know the ins now. We don't know what triggered it. We don't know what started. But certainly looking at the footage, I, I just saw the footage now that was on TV last night, and it looks fairly cut and dry. The fact that the referee and the umpires, and, or the referee and the linesman as well, were doing, were doing the kind of the practice that they've all been taught to do now, which is stand back. Don't watch. actually don't actually go into the middle and try and stop it. Stand back and watch and t- start taking notes. According to the lads on the analysis last night, they were they had notes taken and they had guys aside. So it's it's just big suspensions coming. Well, I don't know. I mean, whether it'll be bigger or what, but there'll probably be enough to take a couple of lads out of a championship game, which is just not it's not good from their perspective, obviously. Okay, we're going to go down to the big one now, lads. Uh, you've been waiting for this one, Mick. All 
<laughs> one morning. I have, yeah. Uh, Division so two. Aiming, <laughs> Division two status secured. It was oh a, a look, it was a fantastic game of football. That's the first thing that should be said. You kind of would have to feel for Offaly because they gave it socks. They came from six down to go two up. But to be fair to Cork now, I mean, look, they were getting pilloried from left, right, and center. They had to win their last two matches to stay up. I think in terms of the long-term development of the team. Um, particularly now, the fact that they're going to be in the same league as Dublin and there should be a pretty good competitive Division 2 again next year. I think it was important that they managed to secure that status. So I think it was probably a good day at the office for them. Disappointing for Offaly, though, I would suggest to Eamon. Yeah, big time. I look massive credit to Cork Rory because, again, on Saturday, um, you know, I, I, I didn't know. I think, you, you know, you just don't know what Cork they had. Played so well against Down and Parky Cueve last weekend. Um, similarly, they played quite well against Galway, even though they'd lost the game in Parky Cueve. But their away form had been so poor that you just didn't know what you were going to get. Um, so, in fairness to them, they, they grounded out and they started well. Their leaders stood up, I felt. Offaly were game, though, and Offaly, you know, the, the way that they managed the game at the end, particularly... You know, the incident was with Dunnikin and, and Doyle, the centre-back, and, you know, they'll, they'll have nightmares about that, really, because Dunnikin maybe would have been even better off to let it go out over the end line, and, and it yeah. was a 45 rather than yeah. rather than a chip over free, because the way Stephen Sherlock was was converting stuff yesterday, he was going to get it. And his farm has been a big plus for Cork in the league. So, um yeah, favourites for the Munster semi-final now, lads. Basically, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You see, you see, in other years, people would have taken that half seriously, Evan. But no, <laughs> now you're just no, 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 no. You're just undermining the last half an hour of conversation. Uh, a very, uh, very eloquent, insightful analysis just gone out the window with that one. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, in fairness, like I think with Cork, there's always this sort of, you know, what's the story? How are Cork not being, you know, you know, why aren't they better? Why are they here? Why are they whatever? Like the reality. For this season was, I mean, if you look at the number of guys who are missing between injuries and fellas who are just left off the panel, guys who left the panel, um, it's a terrific amount of players weren't there. Um, for, for me, I thought I thought it was always going to come down to this. I thought it was going to come down to three matches, clear down and awfully for Cork in this league. I thought they might. I mean, I think the key one of all of them was avoiding defeat to Clare. Actually, um, I thought they'd beat down from the get go, and I they probably I, didn't deserve. They probably didn't deserve a, a, a point that night. No, I thought Clare were the better side. But sorry, Mike. Yeah, no, but I, I, and funny enough, from the outset of the league, I didn't actually think. I thought it would come down to the down game. I didn't think Offaly would still be in the mix by now, mm. but Offaly have shown great resilience, like in this league, and they'll take a good bit from it as well. But look, the reality is, down to Division Three is a step backwards for them in terms of where they'd want to be. Um, and for Cork looks just to hang in there. But look, the reality is, I'd say, okay, fair enough, Fairvers going into a Munster semi-final, but it's a fair chance Kerry will turn them over. Uh, and after that, then you're into, um, first round into a qualifier. So talks about it could go to Killarney, lads. Yeah, I know that, yeah. Is yeah, there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. It was in, I mean, it was in the it was in the local papers in Kerry last week that, uh, that um, there's talk for going to Killarney. Um, and there was talk, I think the examiner followed on last night with, with, with a line on it as well. Um, like, uh, to me, look, uh, f- for what it's worked, and I mean, look, the, ob- the reasoning is obvious. Like, they get a, they'll probably get a few more into Killarney than they would into Parky Ring. I'm not sure that many more, though, given yeah. that it's a Munster semi-final and Cork aren't going great. If I was Cork, 
I would be taking the same Finbar's approach here in terms of how they approach the Aston mm. Stacks thing. There's absolutely no advantage for Cork going down to Killarney whatsoever. You can say that again. And, <laughs> I, I'd, and I'd actually flip it, the, I'd flip it the other way, Michael, and it's definitely not trying to be the cute Kerry man. No, no, Kerry no. don't have a great record in Park you're in. Uh, you know, if you, uh, like, if you look at the underage games that have been held there, yeah. In the in the last couple of years, and a lot of those Cork players have come out of that. Uh, I, I I don't know off the top of my head, but you'd have to go back a while to when Kerry won um, uh, an underage game in Parky Rin. There there's certainly been good few Cork victories there, and I think any of the kind of underage Kerry victories down that side of the country were in Parky Cueve as curtain raisers to to, to the to the Kerry Cork senior game. I stand to be corrected on that, but. It's, it hasn't been a great hunting ground for Kerry either. No. Now, look, with where the two teams are at at the moment, you'd still expect Kerry, obviously, to go down and do a job there. But um, there's no advantage for Cork going to Killarney, for sure. I think, I think from a Kerry perspective as well, I mean, going to Parky Ring, I mean, as you, and as you say, look, it's almost, I mean, it would be the shock of all shocks if Kerry don't win. And so, I mean, if they're looking for things, I mean, the, beating Mayo the way they did in the league was big. You know, dogging it out in the dog of a game against the dog of a team. That was huge. So, I mean, if the, the, the best chance they have of getting into a similar scenario is having the game in Pocky Ring and being posed that challenge again. And, they, you know, they'll need, I mean, again, as I said, they won't be playing a big team, a Division One team, until much later in the summer. So, look, I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot. I think there's, a, there's advantages for both teams for the see in Pocky Ring. But, look, finances may well win out at the end of the day. So, we'll see. One last question before we wrap as well, because I know, Eamon, you've got to go. Uh, we just, it would be, you know, uh, completely uh, unfair not to mention Limerick and obviously their promotion from division uh, four to three, now up to two, and the progress that they've made. Um, good job by Billy Lee, and they're going well. Outstanding, Rory. Yeah, delighted for them. Um, if Mikey was here today, I was going to mention it then that I did predict Limerick could go up in the first day because That's right, you he, was, did, yeah. he was boast he was boasting the last day about his own predictions. So <laughs> um the yeah, no, great, great credit to them. And uh, you know, I think there's a lot of work being done in the background. There's a lot of the proper structures being put in place, the right man's in charge, they're getting the players to commit again, conditioning-wise, they're in good place. All of the little building blocks in the background are being done. And, you know, I suppose the fact that the hurlers are so successful, mm. they're able to take a lot of good practice from that as well. And Paul Kinnerk is obviously involved there in the background as well. So there's a lot of the best practices being transferred over. When you're doing all that stuff in the background right, it gives you those margins and it gives you those improvements. And that's definitely to be seen. But, they, you know, particularly the way they lost to Louts, um, that game at home and on the plastic pitch below and the artificial pitch below in UL, and the way they reacted to that afterwards, they deserve a huge amount of credit. And uh, they're, you know, they're in a great league now from their own perspective next yeah. year and trying to learn. And, and there's a lot of fresh, you know, games in it for them. Obviously, the Dublin game is going to be the huge glamour game for them. But playing the likes of Kildare, obviously, they've played loud. Um, playing the likes of Clare, even though they come across them a bit in the Munster Championship, playing the likes of Derry, they're all fresh challenges for them, which is which is great. So credit to Billy Lee and credit to Limerick. Mm. Um, Got to let you go. So, Eamon, listen, thanks very much. And that's it for football this week. Looking forward to a league final and we'll have a big preview of that coming up on Thursday.
Delighted to be joined by Don Log Cusack. I'm sitting in today for Mikey Don Log. I think Mikey's probably licking his wounds after the uh, the reddening Wexford took yesterday from Waterford, and I think that's where we should probably start. Was it a case, Don Log, in your view, that Waterford were good or Wexford were poor? I tell you, I fancied Waterford big time going into the into the game. To be honest, sorry, I I think I I think call a spade a spade Waterford on a on a, on a different level to Wexford, right? Um. The the end, of course, they played well and they scored goals and they got those goals. And you could say even the week before they were maybe a bit prodigal in that situation, even against um, uh, Kilkenny. But I think there was a, a stark difference between both teams. Warford, really impressive. You know, it's, it's been mentioned a couple of times. I think the depth that they have in the squad is probably the most uh, impressive factor now looking back. I, 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 on the league, even if you look at the subs they brought on yesterday, they brought on the two Binnets, they brought on Tom Barron, they brought on Callum Lyons, Parik Mahoney, with four out of that for you get on to most of the uh, inter-county teams. They didn't have uh, Prunty, they don't have Jamie Barron. There's another two players that would... Uh, Automatically get, start, yeah. yeah. But like, it's, it's very impressive like you speak about what, what value is the league and you know you're, you're trying to blood new players you're trying to build up the, the depth of your squad and so on and definitely in terms of having that complete uh, squad and it's very obvious that they're going for goals like I think Corkov they, they failed to score in only one of the, the league games this year Waterford scored score a goal Corkov scored a goal in each game but I was looking at it there this morning like Waterford today they scored 18 goals compared to Cork's 11 and that that's not that, that Cork's 11 goals isn't bad isn't bad shooting either it's in the uh, in, in, in the league but there's definitely that intent there that they want to go for the juggler when they get a chance they were impressive yesterday weren't they Mick ah uh, yeah like but they've been impressive I mean this league the, the way the format of it and the tone of it almost if you like has suited them as well in terms of I don't think I'm not sure as any team uses many players I mean they've used 30 plus and as Don Logue went through the list there, like of lads who either haven't got any game time at all yet or have just, you know, are starting to be eased back in again. Like, I mean, Dizzy Hutchinson, the last couple of matches now has gotten back in. Um, it's been absolutely, it's gone as well as you could possibly expect for them, you know? Mm. Um, like, you know, Ty DeBorka yesterday again was very good. They just like all their, all their key guys are going well. The one question, and I'd be curious for Don Logue to on this actually, is the goalie. Like, they've been rotating the goalies all through the league. And obviously you've Stephen O'Keefe outside the loop as well, whether possibly outside the loop, maybe I don't know. What's I mean, whether is that the one area where Waterford start to just need to settle down and just go, yeah, that's that's where we're going. So I say a couple of things in that. You see, that's probably heightened and with, with Stephen O'Keefe being such a, a top yeah. keeper, had a really good campaign with Belly Gunner that again reminded us all of how good he is. And, but it's hard not to come into the point when I was thinking about this as well and I was looking at the Waterford team there this morning since you imagine adding him into it and the other thing I would say is I always prefer that the, your goalkeeper should be like a long-term investment Mick when you ask that question right? I think it's really important to have a goalkeeper there show that you believe in them give them time let them make the mistakes let them learn but fundamentally it's a long-term investment as a squad so I never did like the idea of rotating keepers but you've seen other teams doing it for example Dublin this year 
um, have, have done something uh, have done something similar. Yeah, is, it, is that is that indecision around team selection, or is it just sort of trying to see which particular goalkeeper marries up with the kind of game we want to play? Are you testing? The, you know, obviously, look, we all know how important a goalkeeper is now in terms of restarts, and your puck out strategy is such an important part of the modern game. But like, I mean, I think from Don Logue's point of view there, Michael, I mean, would you not think like that if you're like, you're like, as you said, like a goalkeeper is an investment and is it a case that you pick and stick? Like, I, I would agree hundred percent. And I mean, historically speaking, you know, and I, when I say historically speaking, no, I go back to even when I was a kid going to matches watching Waterford, the goalkeeper has not always been the most stable position. That's not to say they haven't had very good goalkeepers. Don't get me wrong, but there has been a, there's been a churn at different times down the years. If, They've, been, they've developed different players out the field that have been outstanding, but sometimes there's been debates around who's going to be the goalie. And it just, like, they have, I mean, I think the, the way they've developed the squad, I mean, when I think back to last season, and obviously there was reasons why why it, it panned out the way it did for them, and they get into an All-Ireland semi-final against Limerick, and they threw the kitchen sink at Limerick for 25 minutes. And when you looked up at the scoreboard, Limerick were still winning. Are we seeing... Tyke de Burke kind of really returned to form now after a serious injury oh. and, na- and, and, and nailed down that position like once and for all. Well, not once and for yeah. all. I mean, like in fairness, look, he's always been the kind of first try six. Like, I mean, but he's, he just gives them something else when he's in there, does he? I think he's like that archetypal player now that you need in that role. We know it's a fundamental part of the game that does a centre back. It, all, all half forwards are chopping and changing. Most teams in that... Uh, uh, maybe have four, three, four forwards at times, then you've got an overload and you might have seven, eight, nine, ten attackers there. And you need a person in that role that can can do all those things, but then can attack as well. Yesterday, near the end of the game, and I acknowledge that the game was over, but he caught a ball at the edge of the square and he was actually in the midfield, the left-hand side of midfield, to actually take it on again, like he can do, he can he can do all of those things. Yeah, and I mean it, it's it's just having the he's got the intelli- he's got the in-game intelligence to know what to do, and he's been given a role that suits him. To me, it seems to suit him down to the ground. And just looking at some of the some of his kind of interventions yesterday, just know just reading where where he was going to be required next, and all that kind of stuff. But like, they're just look to me. They're the closest thing there probably is now to a contender to Limerick. Mm. Um, and they're going about their business in a way that suggests that, you know, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see now how the mindset for a league final against Cork is, uh, whether they'll feel they've enough done. I still think, you know, when you're talking about Waterford, like to win a national title is still a thing there that, you know, why would you just go for it, you know, just go for it. Reminds me of some, Little a small little bit reminds me a little bit of of Cork back in '98 actually. Um, that maybe it's just something that Waterford just need to do now, just get it done, and um, maybe it's a league title that could be very useful for them. You know? In terms of Wexford, 19 point defeat on Logo, how damaging is that? It's easy to talk about it, right? And it's easy to like even from a coaching point of view, you could you could. You could spend hours talking about this, but actually getting it right on the field and getting a number of individuals to act in a coordinated fashion when they're under stress and make those decisions in the knowledge that if I move, I know someone is covering for me and so on. It's much easier spoken about. And there must be a kind of some part of the narrative in Wexford at the moment 
somewhere, some wrinkle in the conversation, stuff like that. Obviously, Davy had such a big, he's such a big character, had such a big presence, had such a defined way of playing. There has to be a bit of debate going on. And I think you saw the maybe the fruits of that debate yesterday. And also like the reality that <clears throat> they just don't have the, the, the quality of player that they were coming up against yesterday. They just they could, they couldn't match that. And and you know, that that idea also of just talking about type the Burke again as the as the archetype. Like here's a guy who's been told this is your role. It's a very prescriptive, this is a prescriptive role, but he's got he's got the kind of the composure, the intelligence, the physicality. He's got the whole entire package to figure it out on the field himself as well. And also the fact, look, and then also the fact that look, they've had a couple of years at this now. Whereas in the, from the Wexford side of things, they just there aren't the, the the players are probably as Donald says they're probably more conscious of what they're doing. You know, they're you know we're trying to do something and we're being very conscious of doing the step by step rather than just kind of allowing. Okay, we're comfortable in our system and now I'm going to think my own way through the game and make decisions myself. That that element is still there for Wexford. But ultimately, like if you if you had said at the start of the a Saturday weekend, are Wexford in the top four teams in the country? They're not, like, so they were going, whereas Waterford are, Cork, Cork are, Kilkenny are close enough, so, like, they were they were always going to be struggling, and, I, you know, the goals went in at key times as well, in terms of really just knocking the, knocking any fun out of the game at all, you know? Yeah, and the goals, obviously, the first two, Austin Gleeson, but look, the, He's had a few issues, let's be honest, over the course of his career, Don Log. I mean, like, was it harsh by the referee or silly by him? Definitely not harsh by the referee. Like, it's, you know, my answer here, Rory, whenever this is put to me, it's not part of the game. It's just yeah. not part of the game. It's, there's a kind of, uh, sometimes the discussion straight away goes on to, ah, the referees are taking the age out of the game. It's, you know, the game is a needs to be, to be manly and so on. Nothing manly about that. Manly mm. Park Corland is doing what he was doing beforehand, taking a belt, putting the ball over the bear, catching the ball off the air when there was hurlies flying around him. That's what manliness is. And I've no doubt, I didn't look at social media yesterday, but I've no doubt you'll have maybe a village of Twitter idiots with all due respect talking about the manliness in the games and giving out about the, the referee and so on. And, and sometimes when, when, when that village is led by an inter-county player, it even adds to the whole uh, story if, if, if needed. But not in the game. It has to be sent off. What, what part of the hurling is that stuff? Jabbing, that kind of carry-on? No part in the game. He's going to but, miss a league final now, Mick? Yeah, you know, look, just, there's actually not a whole lot to really be said about it. Like, I mean, yeah. he was... It was cut and dried. It, it was what it was. Take your suspension and move on. The, the question yet again, though, is for the for Austin Gleason is that was a league semi-final that was well won on a very benign day in Northern Park. Yeah, yeah. Like you're gonna get you're gonna get this stuff again and again and again. I mean, I how are you gonna continue? I mean, if you react like that, if that happened in a monster final or an all-Ireland quarter or an all-Ireland semi-final or final, you know, I mean. What tends to happen? What tends to happen in big games is that players go back to type. You know what I mean? They go back to what they know best when they come under the most pressure. So it's having the having the kind of the, the I suppose the perspective and the confidence as well to step back from a scenario and go, oh, no, no, I know what's going on here. I'm not. I'm not getting pulled into that. If that's still an issue, that's something that's going to come back at them again and again and again until someone until someone grabs a hold and goes, look at. You, we, we need to pull back from this stuff. We need to we need to find a way 
to get you out of these situations or get your, to, for you to get yourself out of these situations. So look, that's so it is. Um, we, we I suppose we need to move on to the big, the big, the big one of the whole weekend. Given its triple carcage on the line here, lads, I think it's uh, the one we've all been, <laughs> the one we've all been waiting for. And uh, Saturday night, were you in Parky Cueve on Saturday night, Donald? I was. I was there, Rory. Great atmosphere. It was. It looked like a great occasion and a great atmosphere. Yeah, great to see so many people. Great to see so many young people there. I know it's. Seeing so many young people carrying hurlies down to the game, may that long may that continue. I think it's kind of a, a it's just a great thing about the, the, the games and so on. But yeah, it was a really good atmosphere there. I think can, can he threaten to spoil the uh, the, the party yeah. in, the, in, in the first half? And um, but I think Cork can be really happy, especially with that with that second half uh, performance. Like you, Gareth Fitzgibbon got one three, and Conor Lehan was a real positive. Um, he, he was a positive in his play. Was good. Uh, but he was a positive as well when Patrick Horrigan went off. The game was still in the melting pot and he took over the free taking. And it was really important that those, those points went over. I thought that was impressive, impressive out of him. I thought Alan Connolly with four points, the best game I've seen Alan now playing for, for Cork. And he's kind of a, he's a different type of forward, maybe to the other Cork forwards in, in, in terms of his style. So that was really positive. Hoggy got nine points, eight points from freeze. I thought the biggest thing for me was that. I thought the biggest thing was Tim O'Manny. When Tim mm-hmm. O'Manny came on in the mm-hmm. second half, he bought, brought that bit of fighting spirit that was needed around the, uh, the middle of the field. And it also, it, Kieran Joyce was named left half back. Walter Walsh was, na- was playing right half forward. Rob Downey was on the other side. Rob Downey is much taller than Kieran Joyce. And I would have thought that it was maybe a Downey on Walter Walsh would have been the matchup, and that would maybe be in preparation for Hagerty as well in a couple of weeks' time, just to to road test that and see it worked, how it worked out. But Cork left Joyce on Walter Walsh, and he didn't struggle, right? But I think Cork as a team kind of it was challenging for him to actually nail down how they were dealing with Walsh, and actually the first goal did come from, and the Cork players will see this themselves. It did come from confusion in the Cork defence in that scenario. Um, and I think, you know, like when they look back and you need the likes of Conor Lehan helping out uh, Cork in that situation. But when Tim O'Mahony came on, they actually, Tim O'Mahony came on and he played right half back then. And then Downey went on Walsh. Joyce then was left, we'll say, uh, more free to express himself. I thought that was a, had a huge impact on the, uh, on the game. Yeah, uh, we you you hardly made it down there yourself, Mick, did you? No, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was actually. I was actually in the Aviva of all places. Would you believe in the afternoon? Oh, really? I was working. Good I was working. I was working. There was another Cork. There was another. There was another Cork team playing there. Was I there? Were, <laughs> there were, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, another Cork victory is right. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Great, a great weekend for the Rebels. All, uh, really. Uh, um, and the more and the more that can be amplified for the rest of the country, the better. I feel. Um, but <laughs> what you call it? What I've like, obviously, look, I'm I'm working off of off of highlights and bits and pieces that I've seen and and read since. But, um, I mean, I think overall, I think it's been such a good, it's been a good league for Cork. I mean, with all the caveats around the hurling league and so on, and 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 uh, and the, you know whether whether teams are going all out or whatever, given given the fact that there's a proper a serious league coming up in another month's time or whatever. But it's been it's been really positive. Like, um, again, I was in at the Galway game a couple of weeks ago, and I kind I kind of thought. 
again, the fact that I suppose, obviously, with the situation with Henry Sefton's brother passing away, and you didn't, you weren't quite sure where Galway were at on the night and that, but still, and all, just looking from a Cork perspective, I liked a lot of what you were seeing, you know, and a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff, like in terms of just effort and work rate and all it, all those bits and pieces, um, looked really good. It's great to see Jer Millerick back in there as well. I think I really, really encouraging to see Darius Gibbon going well last night or on Saturday night. Um, I think the guys like that, Tim O'Mahony, you mentioned that already. The, the guys around around that middle third area are, are are where you where Cork need to need to bring it. I think there's there obviously I think there's still an issue probably in and around that that full back area that needs to be tidied up. Very interested listening to Shane Dowling on TV last night about Cork pressing puck outs and how they were handling puck outs. I I'm not, and obviously Shane's watched watched this in a very detailed way from what he was saying. I'm not so sure they just hanging back a little bit with the Munster Championship in mind. I would have thought that there'll be a different gear there when it comes to uh, when it comes to that aspect of the game in another few weeks' time. But I don't know, maybe maybe not. And um, from a Kilkenny perspective, I'd say there was plenty for them to take out of the game as well too, Don Log. Would you think? You'd have to like you'd you'd have to have been impressed by Kilkenny up to a, up to a certain uh, point, Rory, because like for the, it, it was only with five minutes to go. Like Kilkenny was still winning that game with, 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 five, with five minutes to go and they, they were away from home. It appeared as if there was very few from Kilkenny there. Yeah. I, 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 I doubt there was very few Kilkenny euros spent in, uh, in Cork on, uh, on, on Saturday night. To, to, but <laughs> the, the, um, so they were away at the Cork. Obviously Cork had, had, had a good campaign. But in that first half, they really disrupted were able to disrupt Cork's play, right? It's 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 very apparent what Cork want to do. They want to move it fast. They want to move it through 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 the lines and so on. And Kilkenny were successful in doing that. I would say that it was a solid performance, but they have Kilkenny have limitations when you look now at the squad and you compare it to the other squads that we've mentioned even this morning with the the, the likes of Warford and so on. But throw TJ Reid back into the mix there again, and he's. Like he's created such magic over the last number of years, they ha- they haven't gone away. And like I do think that they they refer to it there that night after the Galway game. One of the positive things I thought that night was we know Cork need a fullback, right? And and um, they haven't had that position settled over the last number of years. And Darrell O'Leary had done well in that Galway game, Mick, and that was a real positive coming out of it. And I know he's a, a young man now in Swan, right? But the other night, he had a tough time in that in, in, in that for in that first half. You have yeah. to say it, right? So yeah. definitely, while there was loads of positives for Cork, they were more in the attacking sense rather than defensively. And I think Kilkenny actually exposed some of those gaps that we do have. And they've kind of gone through the league now. I mean, like as Don Logue just mentioned, Mick, they were leading the match until the 65th minute. They had played quite well. They were pretty much going into necessarily call it the Lions Den, which is actually quite interesting. They, they gave the official attendance of 17,000. My brother was down there. He said there was no more. He said there was about 25,000 at that match. Bro. He was like 17,000. He was Will laughing. Will ever... Isn't yeah. it always isn't it a traditional <laughs> thing about yeah. attendance yeah. in the Parky Creek? There must be something about Parky Creek. You go to matches, you think there's about 25,000. You go home, you pick up the examiner the following day, it's like 12. Never worked yeah. but, but he said, but he actually said when they announced the attendance over the Tanai, he said there was a big guffaw laughter. <laughs> like, right across. You know? But, um, oh, yeah. but yeah, like I think from Kilkenny's perspective, I mean, they played quite well. They found a few players. He's rejigged the team in a lot of ways.
Podrick Walsh had 11 and still got TJ to come back. So I think Kilkenny have taken some good stuff from this league. Would you think, Mick? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you've Keen Kenny, Mikey Butler. Mikey Butler's your, mm. like, I mean, they've, the one thing, and, you know, to, to Don Lowe's point again about squad depth and things, that's the thing, right? I mean, to me, Killian Buckley, I, 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 you know, I've always liked Killian Buckley as a hurler when he's gone well. I just, I just liked the go of him um, back the years and to have Walter Walsh kind of back hitting towards farm again, obviously very important. But to, to me, at the same time, their guys, I don't know, is it that you want the first 50 out of them or the last 30 or the last 20 or whatever? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think physically, I think just the way they're evolving a new squad, they're not quite, they're not quite at the level uh, of Waterford, Limerick, Cork on, 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 on a good day. Um, but the one thing you'll get with the Kenny, which, you know, it's, it's cultural at this stage, it's endemic, is that sort of just f- fierce effort and fierce kind of work rate and the ability to just short circuit the opposition like that, just by sheer persistence and doggedness and the old knacky Kilkenny thing, you know, just getting a hurley in or a body in and getting around you and they get it back and they'll, and they'll do what they want to do then. You know, they, they're brilliant at earning the right to play, always have been. But just when it comes to the that extra 5% that, that, that across the board that'll, that'll get them to an All-Ireland, possibly, probably still falling short, I would say. But look... <sighs> They could be a momentum team as well, you know. They could they could go. Well, they have a far. nice they have a nice launch pad to be fair in the Leinster Championship in comparison to, we'll say, a lot of the Munster teams. I mean, they're starting their campaign with Westmeath and Leash, so they'll have four points on the board before they start meeting. Yeah, serious hurling, really, you know. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of guys in that squad or a lot in, in that team that may be still relatively unfamiliar names to people, but they've actually been there a while. Like and and last year, you know, you a few of them had come through. Um, as well, so they'll have the experience of last year and getting to an All Ireland semi final. And that I tell you one thing actually, that was another thing for Cork as well. I think defending that victory last year was important last Saturday night to actually win that game and to just copper fasten the beating of Kilkenny last year in All Ireland yeah. semi final by beating them in the league semi final. And thankfully, it was a legit league semi final last Saturday. It was a proper game, there was no it didn't strike me anyway from what I've seen about that. That that you know, both teams wanted to win, both teams wanted to, to put their best foot forward, and that was. You know, that brings positive support teams, but particularly I'd say Cork would be very, very pleased to have him won that. Um, the final game of the weekend, Don Logue, um, which obviously was Saturday afternoon, um, a lot of people felt Antrim's farm lines were slightly better going into the game. They had only, you know, they'd lost most of their matches, lost all their games, except, but it was like a one point, three point, four point, whereas Offaly, on the other hand, now to be fair, Offaly, on the other hand, were in a much more difficult section given the other five teams that Offaly had to play, but shipped some heavy beatings. So the farm lines suggested that Antrim would actually prevail. And is that kind of how it panned out? Yeah, it, it, it did, Rory. The, I think most people felt that Antrim would have that, just that bit more, and that bit more experience as well over Offaly. Um, I, I, I watched it. I watched it on, on, on television. And it was before half time, I thought it was a, was a, a key time. Like Offaly went, went up with... And 30 minutes, Conal Cunning got a, got a point to put Antrim four points ahead. And Antrim or Offaly scored four points on the bounce. It was real momentum for them going into, ha- going into half time. And on 34 minutes, it was a draw then. But Antrim actually responded with 1-2. And I think that was the killer moment then for a period of the, uh, the game. Because if the referee blew up the whistle on 35 minutes or whatever, and you went in as a draw, 
obviously there would have been a, 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 a much better frame of mind. But the game petered out then in the second half, and Antrim did dominate it um, and ran out expected winners. Chances are they'll probably run into each other again because you'd imagine they're probably the two strongest teams in the Joe McDonough. Um, no, no, not the chances are they will actually play each other again because, as we know, the Joe McDonough's around Robin. So this could be the first of three meetings between them this year. And you'd kind of maybe say was last was last Saturday maybe the most important in terms of your long-term development or is, or is maybe a Joe McDonough Cup title? Which, which, which would you place more stock on, Mick, would you think? Like, is your league position better for your development or is going into the championship something better, given the championship is also a league? Yeah. Um, I think from, well, from an Antrim perspective, I think, first of all, I think it was really important to win that. That was a clutch game that they had yeah. to win. And, <clears throat> excuse me, much and all as we can kind of praise Antrim for putting up some very strong performances in the league, Tipperary was the only kind of blowout, you could say, and they conceded seven goals. The rest, they were, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, they were they were competitive um, for long stretches against the other teams. But at the end of the day, lads, you got to win a game. If you want to progress, you got to win a game. So I think... For me, I think staying in Division One is the is the important one. Um, now you want to get silverware, obviously, as well. And I mean, you you know, you got to give the juice to the Joe McDonough in that context. That it's, I mean, the one thing that hurling has got absolutely right is the tiered system. In that way, it's giving you know all teams something to aim at. So you got to pay due respect. But in terms of developing Antrim, in, just when we're talking about Antrim in particular, staying in Division One for another year is immense. Um, mm. And now they have to build on that. You know. They need to win a game uh, in the regulation league, you know, not just kind of get this close to nearly beating whoever to whoever it was, but actually turning over a Kilkenny or someone like that. Um, it's it's uh, that's that's the next step for them now. So in that context, probably for me, the league would probably be a little bit ahead of things. I agree with you on that, Mick. The uh, I, I I I think you're spot on there. What you're saying is. Like there's a sense, you'd have to say there's a sense now of the Joe McDonough. It's a bit kind of here we go around the roundabout, not roundabout now again. I definitely think it was more important for, for Antrim to stay up. But when you talk about the development of the game, there was a, the other thing was in my head Saturday night. And of course, I, I was at one game and I watched the other on television. There's a huge difference in standards. Massive difference. And I, you'd wonder, because... Sometimes when you criticise Antrim and talk about their results and the beatings that they, they've received and all of the losses that they've had, you, you know, people get up in arms, right? Or some people get up in arms. But I don't think it's pats in the head that Antrim needed, right? And I actually do think that a lot of people who are giving them that praise, they're almost in the form of Judas kisses, right? I think it's really important for hurling, even rising above uh, county county bones and stuff like that. We need a strong Antrim. And like... How, how is it that we've only so many strong hurling teams in the game? Oh, you look at the sure. Division 2, the Division 2 final, when you look at the likes of Down and Westmead, right? Westmead beat Kerry. Like, you'd have to ask, and this was in my head coming on from Parky Cleave, Saturday night thinking about the two games. Has the GA failed hurling? Like, is in terms of, has the county board structure that we have, has that county board structure, those county boards are in place and that structure's there for 150 years now nearly. We've only a couple of top class hurling teams. Like you talk, you listen to what the, the GA have said about reducing the funding in Dublin. And I was all for positive discrimination towards the capital. It's critical that in the capital of our country, 
that the GA is very strong. We know that strategically, of course it is. But you take Belfast now, is that our next biggest uh, population centre? Definitely one of them. Could there be a real project? Why does it have to be under the county board auspices? A real mission to say, we're going to now try and do what we did in Dublin. And I don't know how much it was, but it definitely had a positive impact on Dublin. Could we now do that in the likes of Belfast? Or, for example, in Kerry, like Killarney and Tralee. Look at the size of those places there. Yet, are the county board in Kerry really treating hurling seriously? Or are they saying that's a North Kerry kind of a, a, a thing out there? It's one of the great... It, there is no question about it. These are big topics now. These are... These are podcasts all by themselves, but yeah. there's two points I want to pick up on. Number one, the question of, of the spread of hurling. It is the great dereliction of duty by the GA. And I don't just mean Crow Park. I mean by people on the ground in clubs and counties that hurling is not a bigger game than it is across the country. It's a scandal. It's a scandal. And yet we have allowed this to be. We have just gotten comfortable with the idea that, oh, shouldn't it great? All the lads from you know, Sligo and Tyrone and Donegal. Sure, can't you come down and watch Cork and Tip and Torres? Isn't the great day out for them? You know, this idea that hurling is a sort of a, an other, you know? I mean, I'm living here. I'm living in McCroom in Cork, right? And I'm involved with a club where there is, there is not a lot of hurling around here. So we're pulling, we're pulling players from two or three, Ballyvorney, Kilimartra, the McCroom area, Clondrohead, all these places. And there are fine young fellas, really, really good hurlers. Like, I mean, the idea, I mean, it shouldn't even need to be said, but the idea that you need to be from somewhere to be good at something, it's rubbish, complete rubbish. I mean, if you go up, don't look, you know, as well as, as anybody, if you go up north, the level of skill among the hurlers in the north and in uh, anywhere it can be just as good as anywhere else. The difference is the speed of execution and, and the ability to do things under pressure compared to players growing up in Cork, typically Kenny, wherever, Limerick, who are operating at a much higher level of competition from the, from the get-go. Um, that's one thing, absolute dereliction scandal. You mentioned Belfast. Belfast has been an issue in my head, I have to say, for a couple of years now. I don't think people realise how precarious the health of the GA is in Belfast. That's not just hurling, that's also football. Antrim County Board are doing their the, the best they can, um, but when you have a scenario like you, they don't that case in park is a huge issue number first of all you have an awful lot of clubs that don't even have their own grounds they're working off of council uh, pitches uh, astro turf all this kind of stuff facilities and issue. it's it's a ginormous issue belfast a ginormous issue and i and even i say that in the being very cognizant of the fact that it's also a split city so it's not the same as dublin in that way but equally it requires the same level of attention because lads i'm telling you now if, if Belfast isn't grasped by the GA in a really big way, an investment, investment in people, the thing that Dublin did brilliantly was it was investment in people and time. If that's not done in Belfast, uh, for both codes, I would say, but certainly for Harlan, um, you, could, you could see something, you could see a scenario in Belfast that you never imagined you would see, which mm. is almost the death of the GA. And mm. uh, you know, I, 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 I don't say that lightly. From the people I've spoken to, and I say that now with the knowledge that the people that are walking up there are doing their damnedest to keep the thing going, but they need, they need good governance, they need good guidance, they need investment properly, proper, but not just investment, Roy, investment in the people that can make hmm. the difference. It's big. that's the key. 
that's the key yeah Jesus I wasn't expecting to go there but I'm glad we did I think it was a nice way to finish it and it's a good positive I suppose to, from, the, from I think it's as Don Logue mentioned earlier on it's nearly a podcast all in, in, in and of itself we might have to get Sambo or somebody on to, to give us the lowdown at a future date listen lads thanks a million and um, we look forward to next weekend anyway Cork Waterford Saturday night quarter past seven should be good and we'll have a preview of that game as well as the Division 2A Hurling Final on Thursday. And until then, we will see you all. Thank you. Cheers. Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road. And that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurling, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar.